Hello, Sky Friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. I'm here today to talk to you about Dice Envy. They provide high-quality gaming dice for use at any table. My current favorites are the Tiny Metal Dice and Infinity D4s. If you haven't seen them yet, I highly recommend checking them out. We recently joined them as an affiliate, and that means we are helping to promote each other. We have a special link to their store, which you can find pinned on our Twitter, that you can use to find some excellent dice for yourself and support us here at the podcast at the same time. Head over to our Twitter page, at Skyren Podcast, and check it out while you can. Thank you, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and the consequences that follow. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Gray, or Gray the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Golddagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the Human Monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrim. Book 2, Chapter 36 Tying Up Loose Ends As you make your way out of the elven burrows, the ripples in the sky of this world of memory increase in size and frequency. Glimmers of words can be seen in their wake before the stillness returns. The crescent moon hangs higher in the sky now. Even though you were unable to kill the memory of Patches, you all managed to survive. You also discovered some surprising truths about the supposed young elf and his connections to Vale's mother, Perseverance. According to Vale's memory, they would learn of their mother's death tomorrow morning, along with the truth of the denouement. As long as you ensure that moment plays out with a different outcome, you'll successfully redact Vale's involvement with the denouement from the temple's records. What are you doing? I don't know at this point. I would assume that that moment's not going to happen because my mom's not dead. I do feel like I should double check and make sure it's not going to happen. Like we should be there, right? But I don't feel like the three of us just walking in is something we can do. So I'm trying to think of another way to do this. Okay. Well, we've got your walk back to the guild house. Yeah. Or back to the door if you won't just leave right fucking now. Um, you've got this journey back over to home base to discuss this. I don't think I know enough to make any sort of decision about that, right? Like, obviously, I can't just wander into a guild house and be like, yo, I belong here. That's not going to happen, but then I don't, I don't sneak. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So if I'm not just going to be like, what's up, people? I own the place. I, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> How long is it from now to the point where I would expect to have that conversation according to my memory? Uh, what time of day was it when that happened? I would assume... No later than, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I feel like I, I feel like it was, like, mid-morning. Like 11 okay. or something? Yeah. Like 10, 11 o'clock, yeah. that's why? 
The sun's up by then. So you've got many hours until then. We have a hotel room. You just go rest and then go over in the morning and I can, you know, shift into the form of someone who belongs in the guild and just go make sure that that moment doesn't happen while you guys wait for me outside. Might be the best plan we've got. Coolio, that is the current plan. You do have that hotel room. Um, I had totally forgotten about that. Does it have a fragrance concierge? I think we made that joke the last time, right? I want to say the inn was, or the hotel was called Alwinier's Rest, and you had a very attentive bellhop named Jean Z. Oh, yeah. Jean Z. Who we didn't tip, right? We did. Tipped him super good. I think you spent lots of real money in this fake world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you now, it's a good vacation. Okay. Super good vacation. Like, fight a god who apparently knows Bale's mom. It's fine. Everything's fine. So, as you're making your way away from this condo, rather than leaving the elven borough, you're returning to the hotel. Yeah. I would like everyone to give me a perception roll. Oh. Well, that's not a bad way to start the night. It's not a good way to start the night. Hmm. Let's start with Vale. Ten, with no bonuses. So ten. <laughs> Darwin. Sixteen. And Aranus. You guys suck it. Twenty-two. Damn. <laughs> with all the bonuses. Nice. Woo! You hit all three of the different DCs that I set for this. <laughs> Good job. Low. Medium. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, as you're heading back to Alwinir's rest, Vale, you just see a ripple in the sky. Write it off as another one of the uh, effects of being in this memory, perhaps. Darvin, you notice that the sky actually gets darker for a moment. Like, a good solid, like, two beats of darkness. Aranus, as the three of you are heading back to the hotel, you notice the sky darkened, but you're able to look up in time to see an enormous winged creature fly in front of the moon. Guys, there's a big wingy thing up there. Well, I could see it. That's because it got dark, because that big wing thing flew in front of the moon. <laughs> oh, that's why it got dark. I did notice that. I think you could probably point it out now. It's a darker silhouette in the sky. That thing. Do I recognize the giant winged flying thing in the sky? I mean, I don't think you've had a personal interaction with it before. A giant Do I know what behemoth. it is? <laughs> is it like a kobold or something we've seen before? I think it's bigger mm. than that. <laughs> But I think you all can roll another perception, and Arnus can have advantage. Ooh. Because Arnus saw it the first time. Arnus is got now the... going to roll a pair of twos. That's what's going to happen. Uh, we'll go the other way this time. Darbin. Seven. Arnus. Twenty. Not well, a good. Thirteen. <laughs> well, Arnus, <laughs> the one with dark vision, the one who saw it the first time. It's cool, girl. Oh, that's a dragon. Um, yeah, guys, that's a dragon. Like, a full-grown dragon. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, definitely an adult dragon. Like, like At least like, adult. Like, you don't want to fight that bitch dragon. <laughs> oh, I can give you some great perspective. You all saw Vizcara when he transformed into dragon form. Like, sorry, you all saw Vizcara in his dragon form. That's how you were introduced to him. Um, and you saw him walking about. You got a good sense of his size. That one's bigger. Wow. That's, uh, it's not good. Do you think it's supposed to be there? But it can't possibly be here for us. Do you think it's supposed to be there? (laughs) Where else should it be? I mean, like, was it... Oh, is it like, was it it here when this thing happened the first time? Yes. Or is this an effect of something we've done? I don't care. That's an interesting question. Oh, like, is it going to start raining cheese or something weird? Or (laughs) something. Or flying shrimp in the air? I'm I'm just saying, if there's a dragon that's been imported that's not supposed to be there, that could be very bad. Mmm, imported dragon. That sounds delicious. Much better than domestic dragon. Except that Goshia didn't say anything about, like, if you do something, right, it affects other things. Like, the butterfly effect. I'm not saying that. Right, like... Right, right. I mean, that's the idea. It's all supposed to... Right, like, doing this one thing should erase a particular thing that we want to erase. Like, it's not a real <laughs> world that we're affecting. Right. I just mean if there's a dragon that's not right. there in reality, but... 
is in our special reality that could be bad for us. That's all I'm saying. True. Are we near the hotel? You're close enough to the hotel. Why worry about a dragon? No, I want to ask the front desk guy if there's been a dragon spotted. <laughs> and a dragon on the north wall. A dragon on the north wall. Because, you know, they fucking live here and we don't, so... I'm it's just, just Steve. I mean, he flies over, flies over every morning. Well, this is what I want to know. Is this a normal occurrence? Is this weird? Like, this, that's what I want to know. That's a good idea. Let's find out. Okay. Probably they have so many sticks up their butt that they're not going to tell us. Dragon, wood dragon, sir. Wood dragon, everything is fine. Everything is normal here. Would you like some fragrance? <laughs> anyway. So you just want to go back to the hotel? I think so. Okay. I mean, unless there's somebody on the street that I can poke and be like, dude, did you see that? Did you see that dragon? It is really late dragon? at night. So probably not. Uh, you could probably find some guards. Uh, um you have to, like, hunt around for just, oh. like, regular people. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. So you return to the hotel. There's a different person at the front desk this time. It's much later in the day. It's a young early morning at this point, I would assume. Not quite. I would say it's, like, maybe 3. A.M.? A.M.? Okay, yeah. So middle of the night. I don't know why the moon would be out at 3 p.m. Unless it's just being a jerk to the sun. Just... Well, you know that moon. Oh, yeah, this moon. It's very saucy. Anyway, when you return to the hotel, it is clearly the night shift working. There's a younger elven female working the front desk. She's just going over the ledger. Okay, I'm going to go up to her. Really, excuse me, I have a question. Rather odd question. Good evening, sir. How may I help you? So we were just outside, and it got darker for a moment, as if, like... Something had blocked out the moon, and I looked up, and there was a dragon, a very large one, flying in front of the moon. Now, my question for you... She raises an eyebrow highly suspect. I sound like I've been dropping acid. I really do. I sound like there was some serious mushrooms in my past hour. (laughs) Uh... My question for you is, is this something that happens often? Like, have dragons been spotted by other people? Oh, God. I sound so high. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, are you okay? I'm fine. Let's just go to bed. Well, roll persuasion. Oh, God. If we could get her to go look outside. If it's still there. Yeah, I don't know that. But see, I would want to know... If we can still see it, if it's still there, which I realize is an if, I'd be interested to see if she can see it also. That's going to be a 16. Okay. Arnis, you just asked this desk clerk, her name is Ansa, if she has seen or heard anything about a dragon. Ansa sets her quill down and just kind of like leans forward a little bit across the desk. She's about to share a secret. Well, I haven't seen anything, of course. But you know, I've heard tales from some of the uh, some of the guests every now and again. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I would be hard pressed to believe it, but you're not the first to ask. So it's not something that like interacts with the town really at all, with the city. I'm sorry, at all. Then, if, if a dragon interacted in some way with the city, I'm sure we would all know about it, right? Fair enough. That's all I needed to know, Ansa. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. Can I get you anything before you head to your room? I am super good, thank you. Nightcap? No. Hot towel? No. Slippers? Ooh, I'll take some slippers. (laughs) (laughs) After all that, slippers. Yes, please. Ansa snaps her fingers. A bellhop comes over and she instructs them to go get everybody a a nice fresh pair of slippers. Sweet, you guys have slippers too? Nice. Slippers so taking these. They are warm and fuzzy as you put your feet in them. Nice. So you just head to your room? As far as I know, unless Vale has another plan. This is sort of Vale's plan. Nope. We sleep and we go back and make sure the conversation doesn't happen and we're good. So you all rest for the night in the hotel. Morning comes. Um, what time do you want to wake up and head over? We're going to be there in time for the conversation that we said is around 10-ish. Then we're up by 8 
Clothes are ready to leave in time, and we're good. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to do in the morning. We're here for one purpose. Mm, get some scones, read the paper, you know, regular Scones's morning stuff. Normal morning stuff, yeah. Some breakfast. The paper is really weird. There's words here and there that are actual, like, sentences, but some of it is just jumbles. The temple doesn't have a copy of this day's paper, <laughs> so they're just kind of like, phrases, king great, <laughs> weather normal, trade is up, and then just lots of just like scribbly type stuff, like out of focus drawings. Hey guys, I think trade is up and the weather's going to be normal. But this crossword puzzle doesn't make any sense. Or like, or like, it looks like just like this, like fake writing, like where somebody just draws like wavy lines. Moose squiggles, like when yeah. you're in a dream. Yeah. It's like if someone were to write down what the adults in Peanuts said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you head back over to the Denouement Guild House. Yep. Okay. So when you return to the Guild House. It's still fairly quiet. Some people are resting from being out late last night, given the nature of this guild that is not uncommon at all. But there's one or two people up and about. Who's going in? I'm going in. Who else? Is everybody going in, or is it just Vale? I'm doing whatever Vale's telling me to do. Why don't you two wait out here for me? (laughs) Deal. Vale, as you walk in, give me another perception check. 17. So there's some shuffling of feet and... Sounds of people, like, getting ready for the day. And you hear soft snickering coming from down the hall, which is where a lot of quarters are, including your room. Okay. I know where the conversation's supposed to happen. I know how the whole thing's going down. Where did it happen? I want to say that, like, it was a normal day for, like, Little Vale. And so I was, like, playing in the courtyard when the guildmaster came and took me out to tell me... Took me to his office to tell me. Okay. So So. you're kind of standing in the entrance right now. Yeah. In the foyer. What are you doing? I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to play this up like least conspicuous. I'm going to take my hood off. I'm going to be in my Kara form and I'm going to take out like my my Denouement coin thing and just lay it out so Mm. I look like a visiting guild member. Sure. My purpose not to be here. Sure. Are you. Waiting for something to happen, or are you waiting for someone to show up? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm doing that, like, I don't necessarily belong here, but I don't not belong here look. The, like, I'm, I'm coming in, I'm allowed to be here, but if someone's looking to stop me and have a conversation with me, I'm not going to walk right past them, type of thing. In which case, as you're standing there, just kind of looking around, I think it's your mom who shows up first, awesome. and she says, oh, hello, um... Are you are you confused? Are you lost? Are you looking for someone? Just passing through from one guild hall to the next and was looking for a place to grab a quick meal and rest a little. Okay. We do have some food here. We have some spare rooms if you need to stay the night. No, I just just like road weary. If I could get you know, show me to where I can grab some food and do that and you know, the courtyard looks beautiful. Maybe just eat out there and rest a little, and then I'm going to be back and on my way again. Okay. Yeah, your mom takes you over to the kitchen. You've been in here countless times as a child. Mm -hmm. You're able to get a small snack, and I think mom's going to just keep up the small talk. Oh, so where are you coming from? Uh, I'm not going to make up anything I don't know. I'm coming from Karami. Very nice. How's business over there? I'm good. Just about to fill a contract. I had to come through, pick up some things in, in the capital to get ready. <laughs> this is really weird for Vale. She's having a conversation. They're having a conversation with their mother on the day their mother's supposed to die. This is freaking around. Just what? remember, it's not real. Yeah, that's still not weird. So where are you headed off to next? Back to Karami? Or yeah, there were just some, some things I needed to get in the capital to prepare for it. Some obscure potion or thing. I need to- oh, do tell. You just got played. You wouldn't be you... making up bullshit. Um, the, 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 the contract required me to poison the guy in a way that's not traceable, and I, we, there was just nothing like it in Kromi, so I had to come to the capital and get what I needed. I understand. Kromi's a smaller city. We've got more skilled uh, artisans here, so to speak. You've been doing this long. Um, 
I've I've reached my my milestones. Okay, maybe a guild term for you got your bracer. Yeah. You know, I think it's something that uh, perseverance would pick up on. So, are you one of those guild member for life types? Yeah, yeah. Married to the job, if you'd say. That's a shame. You should really think about, you know, connecting with other people. I, I have a child myself, and they're the best thing to happen to me. Oh my god. You're, um, you're very lucky. I know it. They're out playing in the yard right now. If you want me to introduce you. No, no, I think that would be, that, that would be... No, I'm just I'm I'm just passing through. There's no, no, no need to. But I appreciate your kindness. Okay, well, while you're in town, if you need somebody to chat with, come on by. I don't mind. You know, me and Vale, we just stick around here mostly when I'm not out on the job. It's been kind of a quiet evening, but uh, yeah, it's always nice to meet other guild members. But um, you said. Sorry if I'm speaking out of turn, but it's just so weird. You seem to find my aspirations in the guilds to be interesting. I'm curious as to what yours are. Well, you know, now that I have a child, my my main goal is just providing them a safe place. I'll do whatever it takes. Once I know that's taken care of, I'd be more than happy to retire. The work is fine, but... At the end of the day, it's not what's important for me anymore. It was, but now I have Vale. Your mommy loves you. Yeah. Kind of cute. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally not crying, you're crying. Um, <laughs> totally nothing. Oh. Right now. I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with this. Um, <laughs> thank uh well, I wish you the best of luck for you and your child. Thank you kindly, uh, Miss... I'm sorry, what's your name? Kara. Kara. Very nice name. If you need me, just ask. My name's Perseverance. Yeah, is there anything else you want to talk to your mom about? No. Sorry, no, the memory was, of your this mom. This was weird enough as it is. Like, so don't know how I'm dealing with this right now. I think I'm going to take my snack. I'm going to go eat in the corner. <laughs> Find a location where I can watch and ensure the conversation is not going to happen. You still want to go out to the courtyard? Yeah. yeah. Alright. In which case, Perseverance will take her leave of you. She will head elsewhere into the guild hall. As you head out into the courtyard, you see Young Vale and Young Lorraine playing. I'm sorry, roughhousing. Um, young Lorraine and Young Vale are in a bit of a, a scuffle, let's say. Go ahead and roll me a d20. For young Vale. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a seven. Oh, that's an eight. Damn. For little Lorraine. And as you watch, there's little Lorraine, and she shoves Vale down into a mud puddle and runs giggling off back into the uh, guild house. Little Vale gets up and wipes off some of the dirt and mud. And time passes for a while. It all seems eerily familiar. You remember playing out here, and then your day just being absolutely destroyed when the guild leader came back. But instead, this time, it's your mom. She comes out, she's got a snack for a little bit. Some apple slices. You used to watch a little veil, and your mom have a cute little moment out here, sharing a snack, telling stories. I think with that, knowing that that conversation's not going to happen, I'm confident that I've made the change I need to make. I get up and head out of the guild hall to meet my companions. As you get up and leave the courtyard, Perseverance, it was wonderful meeting you. And she waves, and you see a little veil wave at you, too. So weird. So weird. I wave a thank you and leave awkwardly. Oh. And we're back in front of the guild house, out on the street. Darvin and Arnis, what have you been doing for the past, let's say, hour out here? I found a hat, put it on the ground, and just... Started, started, started playing. playing. <laughs> You're busking. I seated it with like a silver. And you <laughs> found a hat? No, I like pulled it out of my bag. Okay. I didn't go steal somebody's hat. 
I don't know. I have hats. I know you have hats. So when you say you found a hat, I'm like, oh, what? Sorry, I like I grabbed a hat out of my bag and dropped okay. it around. You're Probably. busking for money. You're not going to be able to take out of the realm, which is the funny part. I'm bored. <laughs> All right. Personal challenge here, Darvin. What are you doing as Aranis oh, spins up a tune? Please don't Darvin play is, chess drums. Darvin is whittling. Darvin is whittling, not yes. playing chess drums. <laughs> oh, All right, there's one of two things. <laughs> Thank um, God it's whittling. What is Darwin whittling as Arnis plays? Um, a horse. Oh, Ooh, a horse. That's intricate. In which case, Arnis, I want you to roll performance. Darwin, I want you to roll a dex check. All right. All right. Darwin. 19. Very nice. Arnis. 24. Much nicer. <laughs> Unnecessary <laughs> for what we're doing, but... Cool. Darvin, how big is this wooden horse that you're whittling? Um, beer bottle size. Maybe a little smaller. <laughs> What's the nearest object to me? <laughs> okay. It's a very nice horse, and as you're about halfway through it, you know, it's roughly horse-looking, there's a couple of kids who come up, oh, That's really cool, mister! Can I have it? Sure, why not? Oh, you're the best! And the kid just holds the horse up and just goes, Nay, nay, nay! <laughs> I love it. Arnis, as you're playing, people are throwing coppers and the occasional silver into your hat. They're really enjoying your tune. What's the, what's the gist of this music you're playing? What I'm playing is what would be my standard, like, traveling music. Like, as I was traveling around, like, when mm-hmm. I would be, like, kind of walking somewhere, it's what I would play to kind of keep myself motivated to keep going, and so that's what I'm playing on the side of the road. It's a motivational song. Yeah. Okay. Upbeat, then? Yeah, probably not a lot of words, just, like, mostly instrumental. Random motivational phrases, All right. like, hang in there, and you can do it. <laughs> Sure. The artist is currently a devotional poster in music form. I'm the little kitty hanging from the tree. All right. Music form. So you're in the middle of this song, or one of the follow-up verses, when Vale emerges. Vale, what do you? What's your demeanor as you're coming out? Vale looks. I think the best way to describe it is Vale looks like they've seen a ghost and doesn't look emotionally stable at all right now. In care form. As soon as I see them, I sort of, like, stop in the middle of, like, whatever I'm playing. Just, like, stop dead. Mm. There's probably some dude getting ready to throw money in my thing that's, like... He had the copper in his hand and was just like, oh, do I... He, like, puts <laughs> I, his hand I, out I, and, I like... Wave, I just wave him <laughs> off, like, it's, it's okay, dude, you can keep going. <laughs> Thank you, but you can keep it. Go, go ahead. <laughs> I pick up the hat with all the money in it, and I... Knowing that, like, 99% of it is going to disappear, but I don't want to go digging through it to find the actual silver piece, so I just take the whole <laughs> Such a Scrooge. <laughs> Can't be bothered to look for the real one. It'll appear on its own <laughs> when we leave the book. That's good. I like that. I thought that immediately when I put the silver in the bottom. I'm like, oh, it's going to get covered up. <laughs> What's going on? I'm leaving this to the three of you. You're all there together. Uh, Darwin just made some kids real happy. Kara looks like a wreck. Sort of pick up all my stuff and walk over to Vale and just... Are you you okay? Let's go. Okay. Let's go. You return to that section of the street where the doorway is, where you first entered this memory. Thanks to your goggles, you can see it, and thanks to your gloves, you can use it. Yay, you do just that. Or I do that. I'm ready to get out of here. Oh yeah, I follow. Vale is the first one, followed quickly by Aranis. And then me. Then Darvin. And as you travel in through this doorway, it immediately shuts behind Darvin. And everything turns black again. And it just feels like you're walking on different planes of a tunnel. Sorry. Like you're walking on different planes of a tube. Someone's on the side, someone's on the ceiling, someone's over in the corner traveling through, there's a bit of a fall forward as you're walking. And eventually this darkness is pierced by a white light at the other side, which you all immediately fall through. And in the tunnel, it feels like you're falling forward and maybe a little down. But as soon as you return to the temple, it feels like you're being shot 
upwards out of this page and like landing on the floor next to this table and emerging from Vale's memory scroll back into the Temple of St. Phaleron. The scene is strikingly different from how you last saw it. Goshia's long, moon-white hair is disheveled, her arms have scratches, and there's a bandage on one wing with clear signs of blood seeping through. Uh-huh. Samudio is in his Tamani form, bound and gagged with the same lilac silk as Goshia's garments. What? 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 Oh! The three of you are back. Wonderful. I will be taking those goggles now. You can take the gloves off and set them on the table. And she just starts reaching down, like, grabbing the goggles off of your head. Who are you? No, first, like, no, we know her. Oh, okay. This is Goshia. This is oh, the, okay. one of the two celestials you've met. Got it. <laughs> first, uh, explain, please. As I start removing my own goggles and gloves, thank you very much. Uh, you came back is what happened. I assume you were successful? I would like to check our work. Sure. Vale, you turn around and look down at your memory scroll, and you can see a block... Sorry. You can see a black spot sort of growing from this one spot, obscuring a bunch of text. Yay! So now there's no references to the denouement in my scroll, correct? Mm -hmm. You fixed it? Yay! When that gets incorporated into the temple's records, it will be redacted. You'll be blacked out. And now, explain all this, please. You have scratches and are bleeding, and our lovely friend is tied up, so please explain. Yes. He thought it necessary to try to write in our books, and was punished for it. He did not take too kindly to that. I'm just going to go untie him. No. Yes. No. Why not? He needs to be judged for his actions. Uh, for trying to warn us that we were walking into a trap? For assaulting me and disturbing temple records. Is that where the scratches came from? And the bleeding? Yes. Your friend. I said, oh my. (laughs) Well, knowing what I know... He kind of effed you up. (laughs) And this is where I step forward and I say, knowing what I know... And knowing what I've learned, and knowing that I don't give a fuck what you say anymore. I feel like we're going to have to run. Are you ready to run? And I'm always ready to run. Furthermore, understanding what this man stands for, I'd like to hear his story. You're more than welcome to hear his side after we've judged him. Uh, No, 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 no. You don't understand what I'm saying. You don't understand what I've been through. So you're going to let me remove the gag and speak to my friend... Or you're going to fight me. Ooh, ooh, can I act as a lawyer? Do you want to roll persuasion yeah, or, <laughs> I'm rolling intimidation. or intimidation? Okay. Because I don't have any bonuses to persuasion. I have a plus one to intimidation. That's a 14. It's not whether or not you are successful. It's how she's reading you. Yeah. I know you're upset. But that doesn't mean his assault of me was or was not in error. We've yet to determine that. You don't seem to understand what I'm saying. I leave a man who is one of the best men I've ever known in a situation where he should have been totally safe and not had to have acted the way that he clearly acted to go into a situation where my entire life has been thrown against the wall and shat upon. I would like to speak to my friend. Mm-hmm. Arnis and Darwin, what are you doing? Um, I am staring back and forth between the two of them as if it were a tennis match. <laughs> <laughs> Probably am... with my mouth completely agape. Like, uh, uh, maybe okay. the first time that Arnis has been speechless ever. <laughs> I'm probably doing a bit of that too, but I'm backing up Vale as soon as that clicks and I realize. <sighs> listen, listen, we don't need to have a fight here. We will know whether or not you're worthy of whatever it is you're seeking. Goshi already knows some of what you want, but she assumes there's more. In the meantime, though, I will let you... Veil rule a d4. It's a four. Very nice. Uh, You can ask him four questions, and then he's gagged again. Okay. We'll start with four. Goshi lifts an arm and a wing, and the silken gag in his mouth just comes loose a little bit. Question one. What happened? Well, I read.
read ahead a little bit and saw what you were walking into, thought I should warn you. She did not take kindly to that. Why did it turn violent? Oh, as soon as I started messing with the words, she, like, threw me against the wall. Goshi just nods. What did you read? That they knew your mom was going to be there. Sounded like a trap to me. Feel free to converse with your friends. Yes. It doesn't have to just be bad. Um, if <laughs> you would like to know? This is where you wish for three more wishes? No. He's not a genie? No. Is there anything else you would like to know with our last question? I feel like we now have a pretty straightforward account of what happened. It doesn't make it any easier to... Do you want a lawyer? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a real lawyer, but I did an okay job. Um, I'm going to put it on his court. Is there anything else you think we should know right now? Mm. I only did what I did to save you guys. And Goshi immediately, like, raises an arm and a wing, and the silken gag tightens back in his mouth. Given the conversation we just had, why is that necessary? It's for my protection. He's clearly proven the reasoning behind what he did, explained it, and now has no reason to further attack you. Why is he still tied up? I don't know if he'll do it again. I don't know what's going to set him off. Nothing is going to set he him off. He just said the reasoning. For that one attack. Wow. You're the most dense creature I have ever met. He doesn't just attack at random. There's not certain, like, trigger words that just make him go, Arr. Are you being racist right now? <laughs> are, you, are you literally saying that he's like a dog that has a trigger word that would set him off to attack you? No, I'm saying he, he's... Sounds shown, like, that sounds like what you're saying. He's it shown himself to be like. violent in one instance. I don't know that he won't be violent again. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you fling him against the wall? Weren't you the one that initiated the violence? Yes, yeah, his, from his... So form, how does he violent. know that you're not going to do that again? Shouldn't <laughs> you, like... Shouldn't you be Shouldn't you tie yourself up in so fact, you can't hurt him again? I think we should tie you up. Yeah, right let, let's... Look, we should probably For our do own that. I, I think we should. I feel threatened. You guys aren't really going to do that, are you? Why not? Oh, my God. He desecrated our books. Sounds like he was trying to, as he put it, help his friends. And we will judge if that was a worthy cause. But but who gave But in you... the meantime, you should be tied up. Or you might attack us. Exactly. And who gave you the right to judge? Barifax. We are sort of, like, in their temple. I mean, like, that's kind of a thing. You know that god that you all just met, like... So, like, the judgment... I'm not saying she's right, but I'm saying that, like, with the judgment thing, she does have a I mean, leg she to stand on. clearly overreacted. Clearly. What is your most sacred object? <laughs> I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, because I see both sides. See, what I'm saying is, is, that would be fine if he was writing in one of her books, but he was writing in my book. And my book is my book. I have not given it to them yet. That's a good point. Yes, but was he writing in your book or one of the other ones that she needed to create the whole scene? Well, let's ask her. What book was he writing in? It's probably impossible to tell. It's actually not impossible to tell. You can just look down at Vale's memory scroll and see some of Sam's handwriting in the margins. Then this is my scroll. It's my book because it's my story. I've never given you permission to possess it because that's why we were here to arrange that. So, by your own rules, he's my friend. He has the right to write in my book. He shouldn't be tied up right now. Oh, you sweet changeling child. They are your memories. But I am the one. We are the ones who pulled them out. And by the arrangement that I thought we were entering into, this was the trade for your entering into the trials. To get our information, this knowledge will be entered into formal record. We can't have it marred by outside interference. Or you know, white it out. Or you're magical, can't you just, like, just fix it? Dang it, I wish I had prestidigitation. <laughs> it's a very narrow view of the problem here. That's like saying it's okay for us to break someone's leg if a doctor can just fix it. Except, is it the same thing? I'm confused. Are the books sentient? No. No more so than a bone is. Wait, so you're saying that the book itself isn't sentient, but the whole library is. And if you hurt one book, it hurts the whole? 
Yes, I, that is actually a very good view of it, Aranis. You are quite open-minded. Thank you. I don't know that I'm open-minded. It's very confusing for me to think of a library as alive. It's a living memory, a living record of the world. But it's not living. It's paper. We make additions and corrections to it every day. Does it feel pain? The books themselves, no. Does the library? Or the temple. What I'm trying to The temple's not alive. So then, no. So then you're... So it's not like breaking a leg is a is a false equivalency. It's like asking if your skeleton's alive. Because breaking someone's leg... That technically is because it's growing. (laughs) Breaking someone's leg... As does our library. Breaking someone's leg, if it can be fixed isn't an issue except for the excruciating pain, which in this case is not a factor, therefore false equivalency. It, it pains us to see books marred in this way. <sighs> I'm sure you'll live. Well, don't you think it was evidence paining him to see us potentially being killed in, book. in the book? That's not our concern, but it is his concern. And unlike you, emotionless, we're not emotionless. We have different priorities. Oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry, you're right. Not emotionless. Heartless is what I meant to say. He was trying to do right by the people he cares about. I should never let Vale talk again. <laughs> Ever. And if we find that he was acting in accord with his moral rules and guidelines, we'll let him go. He's just said he was. We Why need is to be the judge of that. Necessary? We can't... T- <clears throat> if we took everybody's word on everything, we would just be giving this away. She does have so what? He goes through a trial like the rest hurts. of us. The law is the law. Okay, so... Okay, explain to me that. Then I just want to ask one <laughs> simple thing. One simple question. How does the fact that you got violent with him something that justifies the fact that he broke in the book? Explain that to me, because I don't understand how someone taking a pen to a piece of paper results in violence. Results in being thrown against the Unless wall. that pen goes to a piece of paper where it's a contract that states I'm supposed to kill you. <laughs> nice little backtrack. <laughs> no, she fold, I folded it into my belief system. <laughs> I tossed him against a wall. And that's not violent? She shows you her arms, the scratches. She raises her wing where there's a bandage. He got violent right back. As a result of violence acted upon him. Thank you. As a result of violence acted upon our belongings, our goods, our knowledge. Yeah, but here's the thing. Intelligent creatures... Don't tend to haul off and slam someone across the room for writing in a book. Knowledge and history is far more important than any one person's comfort. They have a whole other set of priorities that you don't have. I mean, they are, clearly does. They are like, they're off the map when it comes to what their priorities are. Human life, Tamani life... Elfie life, whatever it is, they don't give a shit. So Knowledge, history, that's what they care about. So what you're saying is if I were to kill you in this room right now, with no other witnesses but the people standing in this room, and then walk outside and say that you were actually the one who defaced the book, I would be justified to everyone out there who believed me? They wouldn't take your word for it. Says who? Says all the other celestials in this building. Witnesses would all be here saying that I, I was in the right, I was protecting the book. Except none of us are celestials. They would never believe that a celestial would do that. They would look into your memories. They would judge you and you know find what? out Fine. how they truthful you judge be. me. Because I'm either ready to get judged or fucking kill you. Because I'm done. Oh my god. Okay. At this point, Arnis steps in. Vale, I apologize, but you need to fucking shut your mouth. <laughs> you, lady, I'm sorry that my friend ripped into you, but you did slam him against the wall, and that was pretty shitty of you, okay? Now, I get that the books, they're, like, super important to you. I really do. I know I'm sounding sarcastic right now, but I don't actually mean to be. I understand that they're incredibly important. They're invaluable. However, it seems to me that you could have taken the pen out of his hand and told him, do not do that again or else, and then we would have been cool here. So now tell me something. How does this, like, judgment that he's supposed to have, how does it work? We'll either look into his book, as we've pulled yours, or he can go through the trials himself. Wait, like, alone? He said he doesn't want his book removed. You're saying you would do that against his will? No, no, he would have to agree to it. 
Well, at least the that's... situation has changed slightly since then. At least that's fair. So wait a minute. We're potentially going through the trials as a team. <laughs> How does it work if you have to do them on your own? Or could he just join us and they would be slightly more difficult? Hmm. But I have a feeling that the trials would be preferable to having his book taken out of his head. Probably. It's not like he couldn't handle it if we couldn't. We can permit him to be a part of your trials. And if you're successful, and if he proves his morals through the trials, he will be free to go and do as he pleases. And if we are not successful? We'll take it from there, then. Yeah, I'm gonna need more of an answer than that. (laughs) Well, it depends on how you fail. If you quit, then you're clearly not worthy of our knowledge, so you can leave without any. If you die, well, then you're dead, and your friend here will be left to decide what he wants to do after that. Wait, you can die during trials? Yes, of course. So, wait a minute. The only way to fail is either by throwing your hands up and walking out, or death. Those are the two that we are most familiar with, yes. There may be some new way for you to fail that we don't know about, (laughs) but those are the two that we are confident in saying constitute failure. Well, then I'll have the chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, get that actually. or death. Okay, let's do it. I'm ready to be done. Cool. <laughs> I guess. Can I talk to my friend about what route he would like to go? Since he now has the option of either book out of his head or trials. Oh, I'm not taking that gag off again. But he could still nod. Meaning he'll have to do the trials with it on? Because that's going to be an unfair handicap. That's a bummer. I'm not literally carrying him through the trials. Well, we could probably undo that first thing. Like right when it starts. You could ask Sam yes or no questions. He can still nod and shake. All right. Sam, obviously you've been listening. He nods. So they've... Given you two options, right? Straight up judgment, they take your book out of your head, which I know you're not too keen on them doing, and judge you that way. Or you can run the trials with us, which I know you also didn't want to do, but it would seem to me that that might actually be more preferable to you. So, I have to ask you this. Do you want to do the trials? Hmm. Maybe one is the wrong word. Are you going to do the trials with us? Well, I mean, he's got to choose one or the other. I think the question that I want to ask as the DM is, is anybody going to try to convince him one way or the other? Is there an outcome that Darwin, Aranus, or Vale would prefer? Or are you just absolutely leaving this up to Sam? Well, I think he's got a better shot of living if he runs the trials with us than if they just straight up try to judge him based on his book. Okay. Because I don't think he's a bad person, but these people are kind of like, they have an odd morality to them and so I'm not sure I'm not sure if they're gonna see all of his mm. actions I feel in like his they've life. Got, like that genie way of looking at it where they're gonna judge you by your morality but they're gonna find a way to twist your own morality to make it so that you can't pass your own morality test the, maybe I don't know but is there anything that you as characters are trying to convince Sam of Artists would prefer that Sam runs the trials is but, part of the trials but are you gonna let him know that Oh, yeah, I guess okay. I, like, I, yeah, I would tell him that. Sorry, as part of that, like, big-ass speech, that thing that I yeah. looked out. I personally think, honestly, you have you have a better shot at, like, getting out of here if you run the trials with us. Because oh. these, and I would tell them exactly what I just told you. Like, the Celestials oh. seem to have a strange morality, and I'm not sure that whatever test they're going to hold you up to, you're going to be able to pass. I'm not sure any of us would. As Arnus says this, I think Sam's just going to look at Arnus, and then he's going to look at Darwin and Vale to see if you're in agreement with Arnus or if you think that's a mistake. Oh, I'm with Arnus. I'm with Arnus, too. Right. I'd rather face something I have more control over than their tweaked morality. Yeah. Then, then Sam nods in agreement. If everybody's on board with this idea, sure. He has no experience here, so... Well, I mean, neither do we, except in the conversation that we've just had, and I'm concerned yeah. that he's not going to do well facing straight-up judgment. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. 
You all convince Sam to be a part of the trials alongside you. Gosia is pleased. Wonderful. We can put this matter behind us then, once this is completed. And then she raises a hand up to her head and stares off into one of the corners for a moment. I've just called someone to escort your friend. And soon enough, the door opens, and you see another Celestial. He's about seven, eight feet tall. He's way thinner than Gosia is. He's in... He's going to be in yellow silks. This is Talia Talu. Talia, please escort Samudio here to the trials. These three will be accompanying him. Talia will go over to Sam, lift him up, and undo the bindings around his ankles so he can walk. Okay. Please follow me. We'll get you all to the trials, and then if you're successful, well, depending on how successful or how unsuccessful you are, we'll determine how much of our knowledge you can get. Wait, there are degrees of success now, too? Oh, of course. You know, they're the most crooked people I've ever met. And as Gosia and Talia Talu, as they escort you to where the trials will take place, I think Gosia will explain the rules to you. Once you enter the first chamber, you will see three doors. You're free to do them in any order you wish. But once you leave that room and come back out here, you are finished with the trials. You are not able to leave otherwise. There's no starting over. You will have whatever it is you take with you. What you see in there won't be exactly real, but it will be no less dangerous. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B-L-O-K-L-A-N-D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thank you for listening to this chapter at Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. Dot libsyn.com.